Welcome to the Barons Hideout Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Dean, and we'd like to let you know where you can find us. The best way to find our socials is on our link tree at the Barons Hideout, which has our Twitter, Instagram, and podcast links. And you can find me on Instagram at Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce, on Facebook under Dean Sharp, and also my website, www.deanofthedead.com. Lastly, if you wish to support us further, you can subscribe to our Patreon for $1 a month. Now, to the show. Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Dean. <laughs> Dean's What's still up? slow on that. <laughs> it's all good. You're getting there, man. You're getting there. We'll get um, we'll get there. <laughs> um, we have a very special episode today. We have Newman from Movies for Days, um, and we're going to be reviewing Color Out of Space. And um, this is definitely, as we were saying before we started recording this, is um, it's very batshit. <laughs> it's uh, one of those uh, movies that you want to really talk about everything that goes on, but if you were to do that, you'd go insane yourself. Uh, so I think we're going to just kind of, kind of pick apart certain scenes that kind of calls to all of us um, in some sort of way or another and kind of go, go from there. But uh, before we get started and everything, uh, Newman, if you want to uh, tell our listeners where they can find you and, and what you're up to, man, you, you have the floor right now. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on, by the way. Uh, yeah, I'm Newman. My show is Movies for Days. It is a deep dive movie podcast. Every week we go into a new movie to just kind of celebrate it, dig it apart. And on my show, it's all about variety is the spice of life. So we do everything from Schindler's List to Shrek. Oh, wow. And, you know, we yeah. got uh, been going strong. Nice. <laughs> going strong for about three years now. I'm a big horror freak. So I a lot of my episodes are on horror movies, but there's a very wide variety to draw from because it's really all about having a guest on the show and having them gush about whatever movie they want to talk about. You know, my only stipulation is that the guest is genuinely excited to talk about the show about the flick. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I have been and yeah, you can your show as well. Oh, wicked, man! Thanks. Any standout episodes that uh, tickled your pickle? Um, there's, there's so many of them. It's, it's hard for me to like really uh, pinpoint because I, I think every show that you put out, it, it's pretty high quality and in, in, like the conversations that you, you have going on. So I can't really pinpoint ones that really like stand out the most because I feel like they're all just so unique and so um, insightful and in a lot of things that uh, you and your guests talk about. So uh, no, I can't, I can't really put a finger on like the ones that I was like, yeah, that one's great because they're, they're all just great, man. I'm gonna have to go in and check, check, check it out, Newman, man. Yeah, because I, I haven't listened to any of the shows yet. I'm kind of new to this whole, this whole kind of podcasting arena. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, meeting people along the way and making a checklist of all the all the shows I need to go and check out. So yours is definitely going on that, man. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, and you know, uh, I kind of fly all over the place. I got a lot of sub series on there for folks who are interested classic corner with mom where i dive into a classic movie with my actual mom uh we got tarantino jamborino that's self-explanatory 
Love We've got uh, I Am Batman every episode. We look at a different Batman movie and, and kind of pick it apart. And uh, of course, as fits very well for today's flick, we also have the ever popular Rage for Cage, where oh, me yes. and my, my co-host, I got a, yeah, me and my, my co-host Joe Galizia, we, we take two Nicolas Cage movies and we kind of put them head to head in what we call the cage match. Yes, and we just amazing. kind of dissect oh, them, them apart. <laughs> so yeah, you can check out all that good stuff. Movies for days. Four is a number. Days is a Z. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Audible. I'm on Anchor, just like you folks. And uh, yeah, just I'm just rocking and rolling and trying to meet new people, have some, have some fun, talk about some good flicks. That's so cool. I love the fact that you do that one with your mom as well. I'd love to do something like that because I remember... The last time I sat my mum down, to be, I don't think my mum would do it because the last time I sat her down to watch a film, it was The People Under the Stairs. And she looked at oh. me and she was like, what the fuck is this? I love this? that movie. <laughs> and my stepdad was there and they literally, because I've taken a, taken a bunch of movies over for the night. I was like, right, movie night, movie night, you know, and they're kind of thinking I'm going to pull something really kind of, you know, like, uh, you know they didn't think I was going to pull People Under the Stairs out of the bag. And I'm convincing <laughs> them, this is a great movie. You're going to love this movie. And they both looked at me like I was, I was crazy <laughs> like what is this shit i'm like this is not shit this is art <laughs> a regular a regular feature on that show has become where there's a clear visual metaphor for sex happening on screen but it's the 50s it's the 40s they can't just say sex they have to show like a train going into a tunnel right yeah. after two people have kissed and i <laughs> it's become a regular thing where i'm like um that is sex sex is happening you have to admit it she's kind of like nodding going yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. how they did it back then. Eh? What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's it's always a good time. Oh, yeah. And I'm super excited for this. And um, thank you so much for, you know, being here, um, Newman, and, you know, wanting to come on and, and do this. Um, and Dean, also for having you on as, you know, the new co-host and whatnot and really starting to, you know, oh, spin weird. those wheels and whatnot. Um, it, we're just it's getting awesome. rolling, man. We're just getting started. We're just getting started, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm feeling it out. I'm getting there. It's One second, good. guys. One second. No, I didn't. No sweat. Didn't uh, tell me where it was. Oh no, I didn't get anything. I already got food. Sorry, my uh, fiance is asking me if I ordered food for myself. <laughs> I already ordered food. So, <laughs> all right, back to the show. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, we're gonna be uh, talking about color out of space. So, Dean, you want to do the honors of pulling up IMDb. And let us know who the hell starred in this movie. Oh, you got it, man. Let's have a look right here. So, IMDb. Do you want to know the ratings you share? Or do you want to know the cast? Uh, we'll do the, ca- uh, yeah, the cast first, and then we'll do uh, the right. ratings. So, let me have a little look. Right. <laughs> we have, at the top spot, the one and only Rage for Cage. Nicholas Cage, man. Yes. Yes, um, popping up in so many of these kind of movies recently, and you just know that it's going to be so much fucking fun when you see Nicolas Cage cast as the, you know, in his horror movies as the 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 crazy crazy lead. Um, Nicolas Cage is Nathan. We have uh, the lovely Jolie Richardson as Teresa, as the mother. Um, Madeline Arthur. As Lavinia Gardner plays the, I love uh, her the, name by the way, Lavinia. Like I've never heard of that name until this this movie. I don't know. Was that her name, name in the book? I don't remember. Um, in the book, uh, there is not a daughter. In the book, there are three sons. That's and, right. Uh, the name, 
the, the name Lavinia is actually kind of significant for a couple of reasons, but I can keep that in my little nerd bank for <laughs> after we get past this section, if you like. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah, that's, that, I don't know. Mm. I just love that name because it's so different. It's a beautiful name, isn't it? It's it almost is. like lavender. It's like a yeah. flower. I imagine she smells amazing. <laughs> oh, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of lavender and lilac to oh, the color yes. scheme throughout this For movie. Sure. So it's it's a very la 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 la. And yeah. her surname's it's... Gardener. <laughs> so Yes, exactly. Um so yeah, Lavender <laughs> Lavender Gardener, sorry, Lavinia Gardener plays um Madeline Arthur, who is the daughter with some severe daddy issues. Yep. Um, we have uh, Ward Phillips, who plays. I'm not quite sure what you call his job. I just called him the Water Boy. Yeah, uh, kind of. That's what that's what I called him too. He's just the water man. He's just he's the, the water hy- guy. He's the hydrologist, right? That's the word I was <laughs> yeah. looking for. The hydrologist. I think just calling him Water Guy is way better, though. <laughs> he's a Water Guy, but not to be confused with the Adam Sandler movies. Not yeah, like no, not the exactly. Water Boy, wa- Water Dude. <laughs> Ooh, I like that because he's he's got a certain sort of suaveness and sureness to him so he is more of a water dude yeah for yeah, sure maybe a, wa- maybe a water nerd if he's water like ner- yeah that's also <laughs> water nerd dude yeah water nerd dude what's uh, your job i'm a water nerd um <laughs> so he plays he plays elliot knight the, the water nerd um and then oh my god it's so good to see fucking tommy chong yes. <laughs> in a movie yeah i love tommy chong i love teaching chong so much man i love tommy chong um playing playing Ezra. Um playing the brother, Benny Gardener. We have uh, Bre- uh, an actor called Brendan Meyer. Uh Jack Gardener, uh played by Julian Hilliard. Okay. I don't really know what any of these other guys have been in. No, you don't have to only the main cast is I really gotta worry about. All right, cool. Well then I'll just read it. This one last one, who uh, Sheriff uh, Pierce, played by Jossie Wallena. This was that was his first ever acting role, and he's actually uh, part part of the uh, producers. He's one of the producers of the movie. Oh, nice. Um, um, is there a that, budget? He looked good. He did a good job. That's his yeah. first ever 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 role that he's ever done as well. So um, so yeah, man. But you know, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. What was the budget for this film? Is it on IMDb? Sometimes it is. I think I think I remember listening to an interview with with Richard, and I think it was a pretty high budget, if I remember. That's why he made it, because they gave him a a high enough budget to do what he wanted. I'm having a little look. All right, so yeah, six six million. Okay, yeah. It's it's estimated at six million dollars. Okay, that's that's not Um, too shabby, um, for you know all the visuals and whatnot that are in this film. Because I mean, it's it's a cosmic horror film. You need a lot of cgi <laughs> and yeah. um, this movie definitely has it but i feel like it, it's so well um blended in with everything you know practical that what they could do that it, it definitely um it shines and obviously the color you know the color is uh definitely color. uh nicholas nicholas cage's fee's gotta be three million alone <laughs> <laughs> yeah no right <laughs> Oh fucking dude he's worth it he's worth it <laughs> yeah, he really is. <laughs> he is i mean i'm looking at i'm looking at the you know the gross u.s in canada so i'm guessing this is what they took in the box office in the opening weekend it yeah. didn't even hit didn't even hit anywhere near the budget man so i think that would be considered uh, a major flop by the studio but another reason but, why that happened though because i remember this movie only being in limited theaters um i think it was this was what 2019 i think was this it before was, yeah. COVID or was it during COVID? I can't remember. It was before. Yeah, so it was, it was like right before. before. 
but I was mm-hmm. trying to find theaters local to me to go see it in the theaters, and I had to drive like an hour and a half away. Um, so they were yeah. only selecting certain theaters. I think it was because it was going straight to Shutter, so they were doing yeah. a limited release um, to wherever they wanted to select theaters. I think that's probably why that's very very low. But um, with it being yeah. on Shutter, I'm sure they must have made a lot more money. Um, especially yeah. since it's still being played on there, and and there was a physical release as well. I think multiple physical releases of this film. Um, oh, so this is cool. one of those movies where like the release was so limited that to really do a proper appraisal of what kind of money it made, you have to look at VOD, you have to look at physical yeah, exactly. media sold, and and so it's like it takes more time to see the return, which is a bitch because I don't know if y'all knew this. This was supposed to kick off a trilogy. Yes, yes. I knew that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the return was so lousy that it just it just never happened. I would have watched two more of these in a in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. same. And I also know that I think another reason why it got halted is because of all the allegations that were coming out for Richard Stanley as well. Oh yeah, you know, with Fangoria. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, so Van, I think Fangoria was working. I think it was Fangoria, and then they they decided they found out there was a lot of really bad allegations, and it was also with Spectre. You know, um. Um, oh my god, his name, Spectre, um, Vision, um, shit, Frodo, shit, what's his Elijah name? Wood, Elijah, Elijah Wood. Wood, I knew it began with an E, but yeah, mm-hmm. his company was getting a lot of complaints about, um, um Richard mm-hmm. Stanley having some sort of allegations out with him, so they, they kind of had to, um, nick anything they were going to do with him. Oh um, no, okay, yeah. that's totally news to me, I'm very oh, bad at that. <clears throat> no, I had okay, no right. idea, like, I found out so late in the game about the director of jeepers creepers i'm oh, yeah. really bad at knowing that aspect of the world or the business and it's just in recent years it's becoming like oh god them too yeah, yeah. and it, it's, it's probably kinda... a good thing Go ignorance ahead, is bliss sometimes isn't it because you just think you don't kind of want to know that shit you just want to appreciate the it movie. makes it easier to just like the movie doesn't it yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah i mean you got to look at the whole picture, I guess. And it yeah. sucks, too, because um, it was a long time between um, Richard doing this movie and anything else that he did. He did. I think the last thing he did was like in the early to mid-2000s. I forget what the hell it was. Um, but he was like in hiding for a long time. Well, not, not really hiding, but he was just like living his life in like weird parts of the world and like living in caves and stuff. You can... You can uh, get a really big deep dive with him if you listen to Postmortem with McGarris. He did a whole interview um, with Richard as this movie was being released, um, Color Out of Space. Um, it was... And you can kind of like learn a lot about his background that was in that. So it, it's really heartbreaking to know that he came back, did this major hit that we all thought was a hit, but the numbers are saying yeah. something completely different. But forget about that. But you know, everybody's like, yeah, dude, we're actually getting like proper Lovecraftian stuff and we're really like going out there but we're you know it's like reanimator and stuff like all over again and then like a year later um they're like yeah so we cut ties with richard stanley because there was some sexual allegations and stuff with him so uh, oh, man. Oh, <clears throat> I, I read oh, man. i read that that letter i think it was a woman that wrote a letter explaining about what he'd done and i, yeah. I kind of read it but i got through it i was halfway through it and i was like i don't think i want to read anymore this is fast. yeah yeah it was some really <laughs> weird shit um, but anyway, we're, we're here um, to talk about the, the, the movie. <laughs> absolutely, man. And just, just, just quickly, it was uh, Dust Devil, 1992, Dust Devil. That was the one. Oh, yes. Oh, so it was like a 
long time ago oh, then. Wow. Okay, okay. Yeah, he it was hard. He did, for a while. It was it was hardware. He did hardware, then he did Dust Devil uh, ninety two, and then I think he was he started to direct in ninety six uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau. That's the one. Of, that's the last. Yeah. Okay. Then he just kind of got moved that off. movie, man. Yeah, the making of that movie. That's a whole <laughs> show. I'm pretty yeah. sure there's like a, a documentary available on YouTube that you can. Just there watch is. Yeah. All about the making of that one. It's like there feature is. length. <laughs> it was on Shutter as well, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Was it? Oh snap! Right. I think it was. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> anyway, I guess moving forward, Dean, if you want to go over to Rotten Tomatoes, um, we can ask Newman what he thinks the scores are. Oh, okay. Alrighty, so let's have a little <laughs> look here. Bear with me, guys. Bear with me. No worries. No worries. All right. So, are you okay? So, you're gonna have a have a guess at the uh, the, the percentage, the rotten tomato. Yeah, yes, yes. As long as have you seen the percentages before? Yeah, I'm 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 playing around with the tomatoes. I'm acknowledging full well that it's fucking an aggregate, and therefore it's this pinch of salt sort of a thing. But let's let us play. Yes, let's do it. Uh, all right, first off, we'll say the, the critics meter. I'm going to guess at fi- I'm going to guess 59. Wow. Okay. And and then the audience meter, I'm going to guess 60. No, I'm going to guess 69. Wow. Okay, that's closer. Um so the the tomato meter was actually sitting at a, a, a really impressive 86. Oh, nice. Hello. Okay. That's yeah, good. and and the audience score was actually under the tomato meat, which come in, but not not by much, uh, uh, 82%. Oh, okay. So it's... Oh, it's, I really lowballed it. I should have voted with my heart. Yeah, yeah so, so this, this is definitely, like, above average film. It's not, like, no. top tier, but it's above average, almost there. It's not certified, is it? Or is it? Um, It is... Mm, certified fresh i believe it is okay because there's certified fresh meter like for it to be certified fresh is so weird because i've seen movies that were like 56 percent certified fresh yeah makes no sense like at all (laughs) so i I always get really confused as to like how they rate um something that's certified fresh um yeah do we have any um, awful i've actually Oh, sorry. I've actually just got the box office gross here as well. Oh, okay. What is it? Consider the six million uh, cost of making it. The box office gross was six hundred and seventy-seven thousand. <laughs> not even a million, but yeah. Oh, I was gonna wow. say I remember this not even breaking a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm sure it definitely made its not all of its money back, but it got pretty close with all like the the releases that it had um physically and obviously with it being on Shutter. I I don't know how much they paid Shutter or how much um Shutter paid them for it, but um man, I'm I've sure. got I've got the most beautiful Blu-ray box set of this movie, man. I see. That's it's... another thing. Box sets those don't cost like no like a little bit of money. That's some pricey shit right there. So they definitely made money back yeah. on that. Yeah, for sure. It was pretty expensive. But I remember when it came out and I was when I got it, I was just like, oh my god, it was like holding like oh just, <laughs> you know, just put the with the booklets and the and all the extras that came with it and just the packaging and the just the just the whole I love I love the colours like of the sleeve and the design. I was just man, I just love the whole thing, the whole package, movie included, you know. Yeah, nice. Um any there re- gotta be some solid like featurettes and whatnot that come with that. They got a commentary on there too. Yeah. 
yeah, there, there is. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, though. I haven't actually. I, I think the commentary was also on a Blu-ray that I have, so I think it was on multiple things. But um, I don't know if there was any behind-the-scenes. You might have behind-the-scenes stuff on on your box set, though, Dean. I can grab it and let you know if you want. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want to, go right ahead, man. It's up to you. I want it right here. He's got everything. He has so many box sets; it's ridiculous. Well, and that's the thing with movies like this, and we're seeing more of a return of these kinds of flicks where you really can't say, okay, what did it make in theaters? Okay, that's yeah. a solid appraisal be- because it was never going to have a big enough run to really make its money back. Oh, that's a really nice one. That's super shiny. Yeah, it's really nice, man. It's got a, the, the oh, covers. yeah. The covers, the covers the stunning. Colors. Um, the it, comes with, it comes with, like, uh, I think this is a poster... It comes with. Oh man, I'm a like, sucker for posters. I'm sorry. <laughs> really cool booklet with lots of kind of just you know stories about the movie and 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 Lovecraft and all that kind of good stuff. Um, features. Um, oh man, I can't see. I can't really see. Oh, don't worry it's about not, it. They're not jump. They're not jumping out at me, but they're. Yeah, they don't worry about that. Um, did you spot yeah. any um any reviews or anything on uh, Rotten Tomatoes that you want to point out, Dean? Uh... Sometimes there's some really wacky ones. You're just like, why the fuck did you even put that? <laughs> Stylized weirdness can only take you so far, though. <laughs> okay, is that a, that's probably a negative one, right? That's a negative one. Let's yeah. go for a good one. A trippy and grotesque vision of the real and unreal colliding in the New England wilderness. Energized I love by... that. That's cool, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, energized by memorable, mem... energized by memorably out there effects, and it's reliably ragey leading man. This was um, set in Massachusetts, if I remember correct. I think so because I live in Mass. So uh, uh, it's very he, close to home. <laughs> I think he says when the water boy rocks up, I'm pretty sure he says to him, he goes, Massachusetts? Or like yeah. he's trying to figure out where he's from. And he's like, Boston or something like Boston. that. Boston. Yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. like, no, New Haven. Yeah, and he responds, New Haven. He responds, Providence, which. Oh, Providence, that's it. Yeah. it yeah. And that's, that's actually a really specific choice because. Uh, the character's name is Ward Phillips, right? And he's doing a lot of our narration and voiceover. Yeah. That's uh, the HP in HP Lovecraft stands for Howard Phillips. Yeah. And he was from Providence, lived in Providence his whole life, died, buried in Providence. And so that's kind of a specific thing. The idea of like, okay, this is kind of our, our narrator, our writer kind of a guy. Like a nod towards Lovecraft. That's very cool. Oh, nice. You could tell that this film is going to be batshit right off the bat, knowing oh, it's for sure. Spectre, because you know it's from the same team that brought us Mandy as well. I mean that that was crazy, but again, just the colors in that film, man, yeah, incredible, crazy, Beautiful. crazy ass movie. But yeah, and that's definitely one thing that I've been um, talking about a lot on the show um, with movies or other directors or whatever. But Dean, uh, you know, I praise this movie like to, to like forever, forever. I will love this movie. Um, revealer that just came out on Shutter. I fucking love that movie so much, and it has a lot of the colors that are in this one. And then there's a lot yeah. more films coming out with the purples and the blues. I'm, I'm oh, trying to mimic it here. I um, love that. Man. But like, I don't know what it is. I've always loved the combination of blue purples. Um, growing up, and I think that's another reason why I love this film so much is because mm. it has that and it has that aesthetic. Um. Mm. 
color in film right now is it's oh, yeah. going way above and beyond um, what it's ever been. Because um, the digital age, that's what we're in right now. We're in a digital age film-wise. Um, you know, you got like all of the um, special effects that are going on. We got like recolorization of films, um, digital film, you know, everything. So it's still in like its very early stages, but you can see with films like Color Out of Space or Revealer that we're starting to really hone in on how to um, manipulate these things uh, in a good way and not making it look like cheap CGI filled sci-fi movies you know like though it's like really crappy like cgi and you can tell it's awful um we're starting to really get to that stage of being able to master um cgi and um that's actually a really good thing um i mean as us horror fans not huge fans of cgi but if it's mixed and and used well it's definitely a good thing in my opinion yeah. For me, it's always been when it can be utilized as a tool in the toolbox. Exactly. It shouldn't be the only crutch you rely on for every little thing. You know, you pepper it in along with the good practical stuff and the good makeup and lighting combinations. I mean, the, the use of lighting throughout this, as well as the color, yeah. you know, uh, the color timing. It's just, I, mean, I, I, I don't know how else to say it. It's like a color I never saw before. It, it <laughs> hits, you know, it really does does hit you in such a way and i think it has to do with combining all the tools in the box you know cg included but not only exactly yeah. i think not not even the color itself i think just the whole cinematography like even for example when they're still quite at the beginning we're actually at the beginning in the forest you know the colors coming through the trees and just the whole cinematography is really lush and then when they're kind of standing on the veranda near the beginning and they're kind of just looking out saying, you know, we're living the dream and all the colors popping through the trees, you know, it's very kind of nature colors, but it's just so lush. It kind of gives yeah. you that, you know, like, you know, we're living the dream and, you know, I just, yeah, it's very, very well shot. Oh yeah, for sure. And lit, so very many well shots lit. early on too, where you know, we see how high those trees are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not film school literate enough to know how they're doing this, but it's it's like it's like <laughs> compressed a little bit, and it mm. makes the trees look even taller. It makes us, the viewer, feel even smaller. Yeah, in this yeah. isolated, you know, farmhouse that we're on, yeah. they they realize that so well on film and just put us there so perfectly uh, emotionally. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think before we start jumping into two more of this film, what's uh officially announced that we are now talking about. The color out of space. Look at this. All those years in the big city, we finally got out. We're living the dream. Maybe it is a dream. Like, I don't even know what color it was. It wasn't like any color I'd ever seen before. Looks like a meteorite. I mean, it's radioactive. I mean, it's from space, right? Meteorites are generally no more dangerous than ordinary rocks. How can something that big just disappear? Did you plant those? No. Ward, you come here for a sec. 
Oh God. What are you doing? Shh. It's talking to me. Who's talking to you? It's in the static, it's in the moisture, it's in here, it's out there. And what's out there is in here now. Everything's under control. Why are you so in denial? That thing from the meteorite changes everything around it. It's just a color. But it burns. Can you believe me now? I don't know what I believe anymore. Um, Newman, since you are our guest, I'll let you start off. If there's a scene or anything that you want to talk about in particular, you have the floor right now. En enlighten us with your, your knowledge. Color out of space. Hoo-ha. Cosmic <laughs> body horror perfection. Uh, Nicolas Cage and Jolie Richardson going toe-to-toe -to -toe in this. Uh, big horror fans are going to remember her from Event Horizon where she was super excellent and British as she actually is. Also in The Patriot with Mel Gibson doing not such a great American accent, but <laughs> in this American accent on point, sister, I'm believing it. Uh, this movie for me mixes vibes of The Thing and Annihilation and The Tommyknockers, which is a oh, Stephen yeah. King book that is really similar to this, actually. Uh, that's not a dig at all it's just you know hey you get the vibes and and love the influences but it's got that, that gonzo body horror madness that we've come to expect from a proper hp lovecraft inspired story you know reanimator is one of my absolute favorite movies ever Same. and i feel like this flick is is oh fuck yeah right i feel like this flick is so on about the fear of age and decay because that's a kind of transformation that everyone must do and nobody wants and so we're all afraid of turning into our parents. We're all afraid of getting cancer and wasting away. And then we don't feel like the person that we believe we are. You know, I'm an atheist. And so similar to Cronenberg, I see the body as sort of the realest real we will ever know. And the truest true, if you will. And so when that starts to betray you and that starts to fuck you over, what do you do? do and it's a horrific experience and i think that's why i jive with body horror so much so what i love are these scenes where nick cage and julie richardson are turning into these toxic versions of their parents but they don't even realize it and it's because the color has come in from outer space and invaded them so the scene where nick cage has the tomatoes oh, and yeah. they're all grown all weird and giant and bulbous because again the color has infected everything and he's thinking oh yeah these tomatoes are gonna be great but every bite he takes it tastes like shit right it's so funny and he starts though. freaking out 
Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And uh, yeah, it's totally funny. And uh, and he's, he's doing the thing where his voice gets all nasal. It's like, get the fuck out of my face, Lavinia. And it's like his dad's voice, right? And screaming. But this is the one time where we see Jolie Richardson also do a freaky voice when she's screaming at him about the satellite dish. And she drops into this freaky guttural witch-like place and to me that's clearly her becoming the toxic version of her mom that she doesn't want to be and as soon as she walks out after screaming at him he's just like yeah babe i think that's a great idea okay yeah he just changes his his mood and his vibe like immediately it's so funny he's 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 crazy he's like drinking all the time and he's like yelling at vegetables he's just fucking nuts from the get-go man nick cage Oh, yeah. I think there's and the meat oh, is yeah. kind of the meat is just kind of pushed him a little too far. I think. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Finally gave him gave him permission to just let the tiger out of that cage, man. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dean? Is there anything that really um, sticks out to you that you want to uh, you want to pinpoint? Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't deep dive quite as, as well as you guys can, um, but I think the scenes that really kind of stuck out in my head was the one quite near the beginning where. Um, Jolie Richardson's in the kitchen and she's kind of chopping away at the vegetables. Oh yeah, and that 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 stayed with me. Like when I was even like you know half an hour down the line in the film, I was still thinking about that scene, thinking just the, and then the way she just looks so vacant and she just carries on chopping and then takes a couple of her fingers off and yeah, so that 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 scene was was fucking heavy. I really enjoyed that one. Um, and then um, just a couple of oh, I don't know the the, the scene with where the mum. And the sun are kind of molded together. You mentioned mm-hmm. the thing earlier yeah, that's on. Like that's the most iconic scene, I think. That um, really kind of reminded me of the like the effects of movies like The Thing. Um, what a giant like meat pile of all of the alpacas yeah. in the farm too. Like, oh my yeah. god, insane, right? Just <laughs> yeah. completely bonkers, and they're so isolated that. And and I like the way their phones just become fucking pointless. Yeah. So there's no yeah. way to get in touch with anybody, and everything gets so nuts so fast. Uh, it's like the whole the whole movie is just like you like taking edibles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's a good way to put it, man. That's a really good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! It's just it's taken me so many watches to really try, and even like I said to you, Dustin, before we recorded this, I need to watch this again to really have some valid stuff to say but even then i was just like man what's going on but i love it though i love it it's such a hard film to talk about Mm. um that's why like going through it scene by scene would just be ridiculous it it wouldn't make any sense it would make the movie make less sense than it already does Um, yeah yeah because as you as the viewer you are trying to figure out okay this family's going through some shit right now um how am I supposed to relate to these people who are going through such a weird transformation and dealing with this color and then you see them you know, morph themselves into people who um, they aren't, but they are at the same time. Um, but the whole thing about, you know, not wanting to be your parents or, or growing old, yeah. that's definitely a huge, huge factor in this film. Um, and like, you can see that with, uh, with the kids, you know, as well as they're like, they're also, being changed in personalities that they don't want. The only person that's like really level level headed is Lavinia. Um, you think yeah. anyway. You think she what? is. You think that she's the one that's holding on the the most. 
But then you see yeah. her doing like all this fucking witchcraft, and she's cutting herself up. You're just like, no, okay, she's definitely twisted in the head as well. She's just on a whole another another realm, you know. Like she thinks I'm just going to, you know, uh, like summon Satan, and he's going to come help me, and I'm going to speak to the uh, the sky even more. Which I think yeah. with her doing that really invoked the whole process of this the, the alien color to kind of uh, go further on with them. Because as you can see, um, towards the end, actually this really is like the end of her being like at the well. And he had that, that shot and you see the color like going through her. Which I think is a beautiful shot. I think it's so scary, but beautiful at the exact same time. That's like the... the I think the highest point of this film, I mean, most people would probably say the morphing of the, the father, I mean, the, the mother and son would be like the high point. I don't think so. I really think it's like when Lavinia is like, she finally did summon herself to this thing that she was calling upon the whole time. And then it just like goes completely batshit. And then uh, you see the the water dude, how he's like now in there and mm. having to like look at this other world or what the, their world might be if this kept going on and on. Um, actually looking mm. into the quote unquote color, and then him surviving at the end. Like that's that's the highest point of the film. It's beautiful, scary, and you're also just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Throughout the it's, whole thing. Uh, oh, it's positively gorgeous, and I I definitely agree that that's the highest point of the film film like everything rises with this massive crescendo in that sequence but i think i disagree with you that her witchcraft made things worse or that she was trying to invoke this power i think that she was trying to protect herself and because she practices wicca this is like the way she is uh, this is the same as if somebody who was a very devout catholic like dropped to their knees and just started praying to god and mary to save me protect me from these demons because she's like carving these runes into her skin and yeah. i think it was supposed to be like a, a like a protection thing it's just mm -hmm. that this is the only thing she can think to do but it doesn't matter because whether you're praying to jesus or you're doing a, a wiccan religion uh, a ritual excuse me a wiccan ritual it doesn't matter because that's just your theology this thing came from outer space it doesn't care about your theology it's going to do whatever it does yeah. And she finally surrenders herself to it, you might say, at the end. And just says, all right, enough. We can't get away. I've been trying to get away and get free this whole time. And nothing has worked. Fuck it. I can't fight anymore. And that's when we have that big whoosh yeah. out, of the, out of the well. And that's just, I mean, that's just how I read it. Yeah. Mm. It's, I don't know. It's crazy. And, like, as we you were talking about before, too, how you, we both have read the, the story that it's, based off of and how that the ending of the book is literally the giant purple shit coming out of the well into the sky and then the book is good but when you're trying to compare both of them they kind of go their own separate way until the very end is how i felt because i read the book after i watched the movie because i wanted to see how much richard really took from the book like there are definitely aspects that he did take and he, he put into film what was, you know, able to be um, transitioned over to film. Because, once again, for people who don't know, Lovecraft is huge into cosmic horror. And that's, like, one of the hardest things to put to film, as, like, you know, everybody really says. Um, so, yeah, like, reading the whole, like, ending of, of this giant purple color 
just like going into the sky and out of the well was really fun to read and also watch. Yeah, totally. And I, I like a lot of the changes that were made for the adaptation because like you were saying, they're very different. The movie focuses on the family and really digs in to this being a family drama oh, yeah. and how like, you know, togetherness can be a thing you can draw strength from, or it can be a thing that sucks your life dry. And sometimes that's the scary thing. The notion of being trapped by your family. That's all the focus here with the movie. Whereas with the short story, it's, it's more of a bird's eye view kind of looking back yeah. on the events as they happened. You know, it's very science fiction magazine. Would you say yeah. that the, the color actually is like an alien being because it's like it doesn't sort of it takes them over but it doesn't sort of take them over traditionally it kind of sort of makes them go crazy and sort of plays tricks to confuse them about you know what time and space is and stuff like that oh i would definitely agree yeah. that the yeah i think even in a book that he uh lovecraft was even describing that the color itself is sort of like an an alien entity of itself especially coming down on a on a, on a meteorite and everything so it definitely it would it had effects on warping it, everything around it and to kind of you know transmog it into wherever it was before um i don't know if i'm 100 percent correct on this it's been a while since i did read it but i think that it went to other planets i don't know if if this is something i read in the book or something i read fandom wise but i think it went to other planets and it was also taking things from other worlds but that might be something that I read online and not in the book because it's been a while since I read it. <laughs> so see, I think it also tried yeah. to take things. And what, what, what? Also, what defeated it? Like it's kind of like War. Of the, it was like War of the Worlds, where at the end it's just like you know I can't stand to be here anymore. I'm just gonna fucking move on to the next. Or maybe some organisms got to it or something. But kind of what defeated it? That's a hard is one it, to answer. <laughs> is it really defeated? No, because yeah, because that was one question I had at the end. Ward is, you know, looking out over the reservoir, smoking a cigarette, and he's he looks like a, a vet man. He's seen some shit. Yeah, and is talking about how he's never going to drink the water here. It doesn't matter. Fifty years, I don't care. I'm not drinking this water because yeah. shit's messed up, right? Do you guys think he came out of it clean? Do you think he was lucky enough to get away? Or do you think some of the color got into him and his, like, you know, kind of like the thing, his body is now sort of corrupted somehow. It's just not enough that it turned him into a big husk. Um, I mm -hmm. honestly think that he came out um, okay. I think it's just because he didn't drink any water, first of all. He was very, very careful with that. That was the biggest thing that, like, infected everybody was, was the water itself. But also he spent barely any time um, – on the land itself, he was only there for a little bit with uh, with the officers, and a little bit before the um, everything that happened or it got accelerated. So I think he was able to get out um, just in time as it was leaving, or quote unquote leaving. I, I think that he I think he was okay, but he's just very very scared, um, and he's just like I'm just I'm gonna drink anything other than water, which you can still survive on. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, but so, yeah, so he, that's a good question. Cracks a beer open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you? So Dan? yeah, like it's yeah. <laughs> it's got quite a high kill count for a movie like this as well. I think it's like eight or nine. I think I count. Oh, I didn't even count those. 
He's got that's, quite that's... a few. He's the only guy that survives. Is the water, water guy, yeah, water dude, water nerd. <laughs> is it him dude. and the mayor? Him and the scumbag mayor. Oh yeah. Water dude and the scumbag mayor, the only ones who make it. Oh, does the mayor make it right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because she stays far away from all yeah. of this anyhow. Yeah, of course. So yeah, yeah, she yeah, never yeah, gets yeah. touched. She's like the mayor in Jaws, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Even less human, at least in Jaws, we had that moment where the mayor's like, dude, I could have killed my own kid. Oh, I'm, I feel like an asshole now. If she never has that moment, she doesn't give a rat's ass. Oh, oh my God. I was just reading through some of my notes, and, and I have a quote here mm-hmm. that I loved. I loved. Um, when Nick Cage, I think, is talking to um, – talking to Lavinia, and uh, she says something, but he, he goes, they? Eh? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> when she's like, oh, I'm talking to them, and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they just got back from the uh, the hospital, and then he finds, like, the, the, the jellyfish in the shower. That was also a really weird thing. It was like, was it a jellyfish? Was it his imagination? Was it just <clears throat> soap? No, that, that was another thing that was like, oh, very, very weird. So this is why it reminded me a lot of Annihilation. Did you guys ever see that flick, the Alex Garland movie? No. It reminded me of that very similar, an alien presence just kind of lands on Earth, and it creates this whole sort of biodome they call the Shimmer, and it reacts with every living thing. And so, like, that's – and it just changes it. It's not necessarily good or bad change. It's just change, and it's mixing things together. And creating all these weird, fucked up uh, new versions of life. And so I feel like that's what's happening here. The, this alien entity has crash landed here and it's just reacting with everything. Not just, they even say it in the movie, not just matter, but also time. Yeah. You know, that's why you lose huge chunks of time. It just all of a sudden it's nighttime. They don't say it out loud, but it also messes with energy. Uh, and and that's the beauty of it, like cosmic horror. It's so hard to understand and fathom. And that's what these folks are dealing with the whole time. They're trying to figure out the rules. Guess what, bitch? It's from outer space. Maybe there are no rules. Yeah, it's exactly. just doing its thing. That's why at the end, it's like it burns up in that huge, you know, climactic finale. But I don't know if it's gone exactly. I'm wondering if it's just kind of settled deep below the soil of that area. And that's why mm. people who live around there never fucking go there. They just... Yeah, stay away. Yeah. Mm. I'm also kind of curious, as, or even like to have this kind of thought of like, with it going into the sky, or with it looking like it's going into the sky, what if it just like went around the Earth, and now it's just a hole outside? So now the <laughs> rays, you know, like the sun, it's it's shining itself in, but it looks so normal to everybody because it didn't really alter too much of the color. But that's also a kind of uh, another crazy thought to be like, what if it just like, you know, just was like the new the new ozone layer, you know? That would be crazy. <laughs> that's a crazy thought. It's them edibles, man. Yeah, I know. Um, Dean, you said you had some facts. Did you want to throw some at us? Yeah, man. I think you'll like this one. You'll appreciate this one, Dustin, um, because oh because we um, we actually did this as a what we we watched this on a watch party viewing where i actually fell asleep at the end but only because it's i think it's like oh, yeah. three hours long um but for but for his his role as nathan gar uh, nathan gardner um richard stanley actually asked nicholas cage to model gardner on his previous performance as peter Lowe, peter yeah. Lowe in vampire's kiss so uh okay. apparently vampire's kiss um 
was still alive. Yes, his, <laughs> he, it was Richard Stanley's favorite Nicolas Cage movie. It's so good. And... And a lot of people shit on it, but I think it's so good. So when I was watching it, I was trying to see all the Peter Lowisms in there because he's so fucking animated in that movie. Um, and you can see it every now and again, you know, he's still, you know, like in the scene in the car where he's bashing the roof. You ah, cocksucker, you, know. you cocksucker, yeah. cocksucker, cocksucker. Yeah, it's so good. Have you, seen, have you seen that one, Newman? Have you seen Vampire's Kiss? I've only seen scenes from it, which is cracked because it's like, here I am, a guy doing a Nicolas Cage show. And there's there's movies of his that I haven't seen. I also haven't seen Moonstruck with him and Cher. Oh, yeah, it's just a lot of really good Nick Cage. Yeah, man. Dude, I'd yeah. say get Vampire's Kiss. I hadn't before. I hadn't even heard of it before. A friend of mine, Dust, oh, sorry, Dustin, and another friend of mine, Dan, mentioned it. And um, you know, being a big Nicolas Cage fan, they were just like, "You have to see this movie." And we 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 watched it as a watch party. And the dude, yeah, get on that. It's it's <laughs> fucking absolute. That's batshit. But it's great. It's such a great movie. I you mentioned it. the uh, the explosion he has in the car. That's one of my favorite moments of the movie. Yeah, so Nick funny. Cage actually had. That's so great, right? <laughs> he said in an interview that he was kind of uh, channeling and, and, and getting some inspiration from Jack Nicholson, who had a very similar blow-up yeah. in a 70s movie called Five Easy Pieces. That's right, yeah. And uh, I remember looking... That's another movie where I'm like, fuck, how have I not seen this? So like, I remember looking up that scene on YouTube, and I was like, oh, shit, he really did take a lot of inspiration here. you know. And it, it's great, too, because as soon as he's done having his blow-up, he gets out of the car... And we have another whiplash moment where it's like we take in the whole farm for a second and everything is awash in color and all this weird vegetation. That's like, how has it grown so high? It's like some kind of horrific Alice in Wonderland moment. Uh, I love the way the movie jerks you around like that. It it does such a good job. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You got um, some more facts, man. A little yeah, bit of trivia sure for you. Let's let's have a little look. I've got these written down here, so I'm just reading off of this. Um, so this is actually the fifth adaptation of the story. And if you the guys fifth? Know that. it must yeah, have been on, like some like shorts or something with it, maybe something on a smaller scale. The hmm. first adaptation was uh, Die Monster Die in 1965. Um, then you had The Curse, a film called The Curse in 1987. Um, set in the 80s. What, what else do we have here? Um, oh, D-Farb, a German adaptation. Oh, interesting. I'm going to have to check these out. Yeah, which I've never two, heard of these. Which is 2010. Um, and there's one, The Color, Color from the Dark in 2008, which is, I think, which is uh, set in Italy. Oh, wow. So a lot of foreign films got to it before we did, I guess. Yeah. So the, I'm going to yeah, have to check so those out just to see where they go with it and how they handled all the cosmic elements or yeah. if they went more with um just watching the world around it you know kind of mutate like the book does you know, kind of yeah. just like describe everything that's going on because that's what the book really is it's more like it describes a tree for like five pages or you know certain things like this it's like and this is how this was happening and people around it were just acting so and so it's a it's a good story but don't don't go into it thinking it's going to be what you see in the movie because it's not really that but it is a very good read um especially if you like hp lovecraft um and it's also really not that long of a read either. pretty short yeah I, I yeah i knocked it out this afternoon before we got going uh and yeah it's interesting because there are some moments in the script the voiceover at the beginning the voiceover at the end as well as some of what ezra says after he's all hooked into his stereo and he's just oh, yeah. like 
speaking with his skull face, right? Almost all of that comes direct from the book. It's just been kind of chopped and put together in a slightly different way. But it's shit in there. But you don't get the personal family horror that you get yeah, in, no. in the movie. Yeah, so don't don't go into it thinking that it's going to be like exactly like that. It's it's good. I think everybody needs to get both um spectrums of, of the story. Um, even go watch those other ones that Dean said because I'm probably going to end up checking those out. I really, really, really am intrigued to yeah. see what they I, do. I'm interested, especially about the German one, which is uh, 2010. I like a lot of European horror, man. They do they do some really good shit. 2010, oh, yeah. 2010 as well, because you know there's going to be some pretty decent effects in there. Like there's, I think the first one was like 65 or 67, so it's probably just going to be quite basic. But the yeah. 2010 would be interesting to see what they did with that. Yeah, and my ears really perked up when you. Uh... Oh, my ears really perked up when you mentioned there was an Italian one. I'm like, Ooh. A... yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that was yeah. Again, um, it's yeah, Italians make great movies. I'm just trying to find. Sorry, I'm kind of scrolling through all my notes. Yeah, that so that was called uh, Color from the Dark. And again, that was 2000, 2008. So again, that, that would be probably be quite interesting with some decent effects. Um, Color from the Dark, an adaptation of the story set in Italy. Hmm. That's really so you strange. might you might get a little a little uh, Argentoism in there with the colors, you know, with that kind of Technicolor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down been, for that. Sign me up. More into that Jallo shit over the last year plus. You know, I love Jallo, man. I don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it, it's kind of new to me. Like you know, the last year or so is when I really started getting in. But uh, my wife and I, one of the first like date dates we had was to go to a movie theater and see the new Suspiria. Oh, okay, okay. And that was that was one of the most I said, "Ooh, this one's a keeper." Yeah. Um. <laughs> I saw the the original Suspiria in um, in a theater um, with a, a festival called Salem Horror Fest a few years back, and it's in my top five right now. I, I love that film so much. The score is great because Goblin. I mean, you can't go wrong with uh, with an actual full um, progressive rock band from Italy scoring, you know, uh, horror movies. You just can't you can't go wrong with that. It's it's fucking great. Um, That's hot, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. You got to check that one out. <laughs> Dean oh, my out. goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes. The man Dar- Dario. <laughs> yeah, and his new movie on um, Black Sunglasses uh, just came out in, in Italy uh, about a month or two ago that I really, really want to see. So hopefully that gets over to the States very, very soon. I think it's called Black Sunglasses or just Sunglasses. Yeah, I have to check that out, man. We were talking about Dario the other day, weren't we? I, I actually went to, for my 40th birthday, I did a road trip around um, Italy, northern Italy, and uh, we landed in Rome, and we went to the. He, he's a friend of his, Dario Argento, runs a shop out there. Yeah, and it's all full of um, horror memorabilia and all kinds of stuff. Tons of books, tons of costumes, tons of Halloween stuff. Uh, and actually, un- underneath it is like a mini museum. Oh, nice. Um, and it's it's oh man, it's awesome. So there's all there's all um, props from the movies like demons. Um, Tenebrate, like just loads of stuff. I've actually got a little video thing of me walking through it, so I'll have to try and dig that out and send it to yes. you. But yeah, yes, if you're into that kind that. of, if you're into yeah, that kind of cool. stuff, yeah, yeah, and you ever find yourself yeah. in that part of the world, man, it's definitely worth. It's just kind of you know you're walking down the street and it's just kind of like a, I think it's called Profondo Rosso, named after one of the movies. I think. Okay, that makes sense. I think I know what shop you're talking Something about. Something like I that. I think they talk yeah. about it on Joe Bob sometimes. 
yeah it's just it's it's only a small little shot but yeah underneath underneath it's like all like little tunnels underneath like a, almost almost like a scare attraction like a, a haunted house <laughs> So, and it's there's like uh, audio playing, and you know, there's um, yeah, it's really cool, <laughs> really cool. I know we're going it's off like track, a, it's yeah. like a whole experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is, man. It's re- really very cool. That sounds tight, man. Yeah, I love good. shit like that. We need a lot more like that near near where I live, or just really good on you. You said you drove over an hour to see Colorado Space in a theater for real, yeah, that's yeah. awesome yeah that's outstanding like that you should be so proud of that because like i'm spoiled as hell i live in chicago and there's a theater here called the music box okay yeah and that's where i yeah that's where i saw this on the big screen suspiria lighthouse fucking you know joe bob and darcy came there to do a whole big thing that's why i was able to just go and get my goddamn silent night deadly night signed by that's him. awesome it was a bike ride away you that's know? awesome so, i uh, unfortunately I, they, they did come over near me but um I got to the tickets too late and they sold out in like literally five minutes. Oh, I love Joe. <laughs> um, I love Joe, man. Yeah, oh shit! Nice. Can I? Can I actually shout out a member of the mutant fam? Yeah, since, sure. Go just ahead, since man. I brought this up. Yeah, do it. Uh, Kurt Unit. Yeah, Kurt Unit is the member of the mutant fam that got together with me the day of the Joe Bob thing. It was the it was a the Christmas show that he did here in Chicago. Awesome. And if it wasn't for at uh, Kurt Unit member of the mutant fam i wouldn't have gotten a ticket because i found out about this so late in the game so i just since i brought it up i really wanted to do a shout out oh awesome well you know thank you to him for doing that that's that's absolutely awesome so you know people helping out people that's that's what i love and that's why i love the horror community generally you know we're always helping oh, yeah. people though and always connecting yeah, same and here. bringing everybody up so that's that's yeah. absolutely awesome um but back to color out of space i wanted to ask do any of you have a favorite quote from Nick Cage in this film that you would like to uh, say? I got one. <laughs> oh yeah, All what right. is it? Okay, so this is this is about an hour into the movie, and I think this is when he's finally been given permission to go full Cage, and we know okay something's really wrong with Dad when he says, "You're Lavinia. I've headed up to here with your fucking drama." So why don't you get the fuck out of my face? No, you know what? I'll save you the trouble. I get the fuck out of yours. That stomps. <laughs> yes, yes. That, that one's really, really good. Um, Dean, do you have one that you that you remember? None that I can recall, man. I think probably the one that Newman's just said. Just yeah, then. that one's really, really good. Um, um, just the the whole spaz out in the car. Uh, yeah, that's know, that was gonna I, be mine too. With this yelling out cocksucker the, the whole time. I think um, it's just so good. It's so minimal but it's so good i it don't does think some... go ahead Dean. oh sorry dude yeah go for it man no go ahead go ahead i was gonna say the one that just sprung to mind actually which i thought was actually quite a sweet quote it wasn't really a full-on cage rage like explosion but he, um and I, i'm not sure if i can get it right but when he was standing on the veranda again near the beginning and they're talking about living the dream and he says something on the lines of um oh, what is it he says something like if you dream on your own it's just a dream but if you dream together you're living the dream or something like that he yeah, said it's quite okay. it's quite a cool little quote and i was like oh that's quite sweet but i still i'd still rather see him kick shit out of the car <laughs> yeah i had that quote written down too because i think this movie is so much about togetherness and this idea yeah. that yeah, together yeah, exactly. everything will be okay and it's like well maybe it won't maybe it'll just be together those alpacas all got put together. They didn't look happy. 
mom and Jack Jack got put together, they didn't look too happy. And you know what? So uh, honestly, fuck the mom. Fuck oh, the damn. mom, dude. If oh, she just let damn. Jack Shots run, fired. like if if she just like grabbed him and and went or just let him run, guess what? They would not have been morphed into a fucking meat pile. They would have been fine, dude. I love that you. All right, all right. Shots fired. I love that you brought this up because <laughs> I have that opinion about the older brother Benny, because oh, okay. they're running away from the pink light and he's there with his little brother. Like I got a little brother, man. You don't fucking run further and just leave your little bro behind you pick him up and you run with him in your arms and and benny got scared okay he wasn't he wasn't man enough for the moment and i I can get that but if i'm gonna blame anybody that's who i blame fuck that kid okay (laughs) and i'm a stoner i'm a pothead i I should want to like benny Oh, man. But, you know, I really do feel for Jack because I think he gets fucked over the most throughout this whole film. He communicates with the man in the well. He, he He's trying to, you know, um, just live his life. He's trying to be with a dog. He doesn't know what a dog is anymore. Sam's gone. Um, he just wants his love oh, from, so his, from his mother. But, her, but the mother's too far gone. All she wants to do is work and work and work. Um, and then... No, when the family is all together, shit's going south, and then he he stops, or whatever happens, and then mom goes to try to grab him, and then she just fucking holds him there, like fuck you, like this kid's just trying to fucking live life, and you get him morphed into you, like you're absorbing him, and then you know, uh, Nathan has to go over there and shoot you both in the head with a shotgun, like come on, man, it's so uh, yeah, awful. Uh, yeah, isn't that yeah, isn't no, that a just it gets bad and it gets worse <laughs> yeah there's another pretty good quote that actually i wrote down uh and nathan says to lavinia um <laughs> uh, we're a family and if there's one thing families do is stick together now feed your mother <laughs> yeah 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 that's right oh, yeah. now feed your mother yeah when he when he like locks her in there that's awful oh, dude the scene of her like crawling towards lavinia too is so ugh. Oh my yeah. god! I would terrifying. Faint. I'd faint. I'm sorry. Yeah. Faint and eat me. I'm <laughs> done. Given, Roasted. Given me, uh, given me, like you know, good like J horror video game vibes. You know, Resident Evil, The Evil Within, mm, Silent yeah. Hill, that kind of shit. Uh, yeah. I, I love. I I've seen this movie probably three four times. I always forget that the sheriff just gets grabbed by a tree. It's oh, like, yeah. yeah, trees are alive and you're fucked. Sorry. You're standing <laughs> yeah. in the wrong spot there, buddy. Yeah. Poor water dude is just like, whoa, what the hell's going on here, man? <laughs> like, I just came here to test the water and then all this shit's happening. It's almost like he See? brought it. You guys obviously have seen Evil Dead 2 uh, enough times that I can just say, oh, that moment in Evil Dead 2, right? At the end where the door fucking blows off and you see Bruce Campbell's hair turn gray as he just looks horrified, right? Yeah. And the, the plant next to him also dies, right? <laughs> that's cosmic horror. Anytime yeah. somebody's like, what's cosmic horror? You just send him a gif of that moment. You go, that's cosmic horror. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good one. Oh, this movie is just so bad shit. I'm trying to go through my, my notes to see if there's anything else that we should pick up. Um, but I think we really covered all of the really, really important parts of the film all the messed up and not so messed up um i don't know what what would you think would be the 
to you, what's the saddest part of this film? Like, if you had to pick one scene, what what would you say would is the saddest to you? Um, we'll start with you, Newt. Well, I'll tell you the thing that I think is very, very sad and poignant and beautiful, and we haven't really t- touched on yet, is the uh, the mom character, Teresa, is recovering from a mastectomy. She's recovering from breast cancer, and she does not feel beautiful anymore. She doesn't feel desirable anymore. They have not made love as a married couple since then. And I think that that ties in very in a very real way to the story and those are the themes of it those feelings of i'm transforming in a way that i don't want to transform i'm getting old and dying my body is betraying me and i don't feel sexy anymore and i i never expected to have to deal with this what do i do with this it's horrific and even with all this love and support around her because i think the love that the nick cage character has for her is very real and that support and that patience is very real but even with that you can still not feel ready and then have like self-hatred because of it and i i feel it comes through in the performance so well and it was something that really spoke to me it's very sad yeah i agree on that one uh dean what about you is there a scene that like really sticks out to you that you're like wow this is fucked <clears throat> to be honest exactly what newman's just said i think that particular scene when they're sitting on the bed and you're trying to make it feel beautiful again i think that that was the only scene that really kind of made tugged on the heartstrings a little bit other than that i was just you know enjoying all of it that's the only scene that made me think you know bless but yeah yeah um i agree on that one but i also think um to me the one that really hit the most was when he's trying to keep the family all together and you know it has the morphed um mom and son upstairs it's like well we're family we need to stay together we gotta we gotta do this like we're not gonna like put her out and then he goes and tells the kids to leave like he's going to you know kill her like that's what we're gonna think but it's also part of him not wanting to do it and also the color also messing with his mind and having mm. him kind of turn around and leave and leave them in that room. And then later on when, you know, the sheriff and the water dude are there and he decides to actually put an end to it just because it's like, what else is he going to do at this point? I think that's, to me, that's the saddest one with him realizing that his family is gone now. Like even him, he knows mm-hmm. that he's gone um, with him sitting there drinking every night, like, that's really, really sad, knowing that you were supposed to be there to hold this family together as, you know, as the father and you know, all these traditions, you know, old traditions of, you know, like the father's always there to keep everything together. Me being a father myself, like that really, really um, hits me really hard, knowing that at some point you just, you can't do anything. You just got to let go. That, um, that really, that destroyed me uh, the first time mm-hmm. I watched it. And still does if when I get to that, but not as hard. That's why I think this movie works so well, because it takes all the bat shit and all the freaky effects and all the cosmic and body horror, and it does all that really well, but it teams it up with all this very real, very relatable family drama. Yeah. And and I think it it knows when to be a little funny, and it knows when to not be. It, yeah. You know, it knows when to build to a moment and it knows when to just slap you with a little whiplash. Mm. It's a really just well-made film for what it's trying to accomplish. I think it's incredibly successful. Oh, yeah, Definitely. I agree in that. Um, but... It's a, it's a, real, it's a real shame, just just quickly. Uh, sorry, Dustin, man. It's a, yeah. um, it's a real shame because, I mean, like, that's, you know, Richard Stanley's first film in such a long time. And it was so good. 
it's such a shame kind of what's happened to him knowing that there probably isn't going to be anyone that's going to back him to make the next one you know, no, you know. unless i know um, specter um, vision goes and get somebody else that wants to do it unless elijah wood wants to go on and, and continue doing these things or or whoever it may be but there's always somebody out there with a vision like look at all the indie films that are coming out now um technically yeah. revealer is a cosmic horror film kind of lovecraftian in a way um i feel like the team over there could really do it if they if they wanted to or you know really the anybody the next one in line, I think, was the Dunwich Horror. I think that was going to be the one he was going to make next. So it would have been really interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. I was reading about that, and then it got canned because everything was going on. I think yeah. the script was actually yeah. written, too. I think it was all ready to go into production, and then they were they had to cut ties. If I remember correctly, I mean, anybody listening, please um, point me in the right direction if I'm completely wrong on that. But it's been a couple of years since I've read anything uh, on the subject. But yeah, that sucked when I heard that. I was like, "Really, man? Like you, yeah. you, you come back after all of these years, and they need us and make a masterpiece like that." Yeah, you fuck <laughs> your career, you know? Like, come on. Ugh. But um, I think that's pretty much all that I have to say about this film. Um, you guys have any last thoughts before we go into ratings? <coughs> oh, I just, you know what? Just to not tease it, that thing I had said before about Lavinia. Yeah, you guys mentioned what a neat name that is. So Lavinia was a character in a Shakespeare play called Titus Andronicus. She was the main dude, Titus's daughter. And a uh, 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 trigger warning for folks about sexual assault. In the play, she is raped and her hands are cut off and her tongue is cut out so that her rapist cannot be identified. And by the end of the play, Titus finds out who those rapists are. He kills them, cooks them into a pie, and then feeds that pie to their mom. Wow. Yeah, Shakespeare, oh, nice. Shakespeare went through a phase where he was like, I'm not fucking around, y'all. Wow, uh, and so and so, I often wondered if this was a little reference because Lavinia is not a character in the story, uh, as it's written. So you know, changing one of the kids from a son to a daughter was a decision they made, and they chose to name her Lavinia. And so I wondered if that had something to do with it. Lavinia Fisher was also one of the most notorious and earliest serial killers in the U.S. Oh, wow. And was uh, put to death by hanging in the 1800s. So I don't know if these have anything to do with it, but it stuck out to me. You can't just make a character named Lavinia and not have me go. Yeah, yeah. That's some cool that reminds me of a right play there, I saw once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that was some awesome Thank you, facts. brother. Like I said, some sometimes I do too much homework, but it's it's part of what I do. Yeah, um, I know you wanted to read a little bit of uh, the the book too. So if you want to do anything like that, right now is is definitely the best time to go and uh, you know educate some people on on the story. If you'd oh, like beautiful. To. Well, real quick for folks, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this because we spoke about that big climactic moment where the light is its strongest and it's all together with the energy and it flies out of the well and it's massive. Well, that was done via text by your boy H. He Lovecraft like so. It was a monstrous constellation of unnatural light, like a glutted swarm of corpse-fed fireflies dancing hellish sarabands over an accursed marsh, and its color was that of the same nameless intrusion which Ami had come to recognize and dread. All the while, the shaft of phosphorescence from the well was getting brighter and brighter, bringing to the minds of the huddled men a sense of doom and abnormality which far outraced 
any image their conscious minds could form. It was no longer shining out. It was pouring out. And as the shapeless stream of unplaceable color left the well, it seemed to flow directly into the sky. Yep. Shit like that. Beautiful stuff. Shit like that is why you read H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. I need to go back and actually reread that. I have a whole collection of all of his um, stories on my phone that I'm I'm slowly getting. Um, but there's a lot. <laughs> so, um if you if you do like reading and you haven't read any H.P. Lovecraft, you are going to be in store for a while. So um, definitely, even put it on audiobooks. I've done that with a few of his stories. If you don't want to sit there and read audiobooks, are a really really good uh, thing to do. And I think Color Out of Space actually is in an audiobook right now too. So you can always put that on when you're driving. All right. Um. So I think. Without further ado, we can jump into our ratings. Um, Newman, we'll start with you. What would you rate this out of ten? Uh, I I give it, I give it nine tainted glasses of bourbon. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good out one. Out of ten. What about you, Dean? Yeah, it's, it's hard to fault the, this movie. Like it, it. it, it... It's just got so many different levels. They all, it, it builds at a decent pace. None of it's kind of wasted material that should have been, you know, it's, it's just a great movie from beginning to end. I, it's probably not everyone's cup of tea because it does go a bit crazy. It's definitely my cup of tea. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, I think anything less than an eight, you know, is, is sacrilege. I think, I think I'm, it's not, it's not peaking at 10 for me. I think between eight and nine, I've got to give this movie, I'd say as well. Yeah, definitely eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. Okay. I can't think what, why, why, what it lacks that, that one and a half to notch it up to full marks. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with eight and a half. Okay. Um, there's been definitely some movies on here that I have given a 10 out of 10. Um, and I love this movie. I really, really do. I, I love everything about it. Um, I love the not really knowing what's going on, but you know what's going on at the same time, if you, if you know what I mean. Um, I love all the, the bat shittery that's going on in this, and um, the effects are so good. Uh, the acting from everybody, um, from Jack to to anybody else, is, is really, really good. Even like all the uh, the animal acting that's in this, even though it's not much, but what there, air, what there is of is really, really good. Um, I'm not going to give it a 10. Um, I feel like with every movie, there can always be something added. Um, but this one, I feel like there is something that could be added. What it is, what could be added, I'm not 100% sure. But That's I'm going to go ahead and um, give this a, a 9.5. Um, I would love to give it a 10. I really, 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 really would. Um, but I'm going to give it a 9.5 just because I think that it could have went a little bit crazier. Um, that's probably what it is. I think it could have went an extra level of crazy. How they would do that, I, I, I'm i not 100% sure, but um, 9.5 out of 10. 
I think the only reason I, I didn't give it anything higher than the 8.5 is just because there's some places where it didn't hold my attention because I was just getting a little bit lost and I was just getting a little bit after rewind and kind of really figure out yeah. what's going on and understand the characters more and more and more, you know, a bit better. But I think it's like, it's like, you know, it's like really, really good music. You know, for, for example, some good music, you listen to it for the first time, and you don't quite understand it. So you're not quite into it, you know, but the yeah. more you listen to it, as soon as the penny drops, you're like, fuck me, this is the best band I've ever heard. You know, <laughs> these guys are amazing. It's like Radiohead, you know, it takes ages to get into them. Once you're there, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. But, so I guess it's a similar kind of thing. You know, I mean, another 10 watches and I might be coming back to you guys and going, dude, 10 and a half, 11. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this movie goes to 11. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, you know, what's funny. I, I, could never put my finger on it until this most recent rewatch. The one thing for this movie that stops it from being a 10. And you're going to ding me for being so specific. But at the end, during the big climax, when Ward gets into the house and he sees Nicolas Cage is sitting there. And that makes no sense because bro just got his shit shot out out on the porch. And he starts talking to him and his brain's all whacked out. And then they start having a fist fight. <laughs> and it's he's trying to get to the basement so he can be away from the like the sonic boom or whatever and cage is trying to stop him i get that that's exciting and climactic and whatnot but it makes no fucking sense at all and i get that a lot of this movie doesn't make sense but it yeah. feels like it was shoved in like as a studio note or as a production thing and that's the only moment of the movie where i'm taken out gone hmm I don't care for that choice. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what for me takes it from a 10 to a nine. And I know it's crazy, but that's so, that's so specific. But on this rewatch, it stuck out to me. Yeah. Mm. I think um, if I had to kind of, I don't know, make sense of that. Um, the only thing I could say is maybe that the color brought him back so that the color could take him, you know, it could take the water dude with him and, and use it. That's the only thing I can think of is that maybe in some sort of weird way, since it plays with time, that maybe it rewound just enough of him to get enough life back. I know what I'm saying sounds fucking weird as shit, but I'm trying no, no, to make it, some sort of sense of it with it. It makes sense in, in like the way it could. Yeah. Like what doesn't make sense to me is why it would, because we yeah. haven't seen it have malicious intent. It just kind of is and it spreads. This is the one time where it feels like it's a mustache twirling villain for a second. Like, oh no, you don't. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna get inside you too. <laughs> yeah, and I, that's the thing that doesn't wash for me. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh man, this movie. What else could we say? There's barely this barely movie, right? You just you just need to watch it. That's that's what it boils down to. Is that you need to watch it and then With watch an it again. <laughs> watch it again. Mm. And then just at that point, just put on a repeat. Don't don't even worry. Just just let it keep looping, because um, there there will be things that you will pick up on um, every time you watch it. There'll be something else that you're like, oh, I didn't see that before. That's weird. Um, and that's a really really good thing. That means that the movie was made well and makes you want to go and rewatch it again to pick up on these things and kind of you know shrug your head a little bit and and. Like, wait, what What did I just watch? Like, like as Dean was saying, you needed to rewind to make sense what was going on. I feel like that is a really good way of knowing that you made something well. It's for the mm. viewer to kind of question themselves if they were seeing what 
you saw was right. Um, but that's that's just my opinion, and that's that's why I really like this movie because, I mean, I do the same thing when I watch it. If there's something I did, I couldn't like catch up on, I will I'll rewind it and be like, what the fuck? And they're like, oh wow, that was fucked up. <laughs> it's it's like a book as well, isn't it? If you're reading through re- reading through a book and you have to keep going back, you're like, I didn't quite take all that in. I have to go back. You're like reading some burrows or something, man. You have to keep skipping back and going back a few pages and read that again just so it really sinks in. Yeah. Same sort of thing. But I do find with this movie though, when I go back and watch it again, I just want to skip to the good shit. I want to get to the bit where the meteor lands and start from there. <laughs> uh-huh. You don't like all the slow parts, yeah. I, I know it's not the way to do it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to, you want to get to all the meat. Uh, I understand that. The but um, Newman, it was awesome having you on, and uh, it was a pleasure talking to you and you know getting to know you a little bit outside of listening yeah. to the show and having you on here and uh, you know talking about this batshit movie. You definitely picked one to come on to talk <laughs> about, <laughs> definitely. Um, oh yeah, no. When I saw that in the list, I I jumped on it because I'm a big fan of this one. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It was a real pleasure trying to reach out more to the podcast community, you know. Yep. And and just yep. strengthen those ties. Yeah, that's what I'm, I've been doing a lot too. Um, is trying to get as on as many other podcasters that I, I've either like listened to or I'm trying to get to know um, onto the show to you know get everybody a little bit more of an extra leg. Um, outside of what they're doing on their platforms. You know, it's always good to kind of spread the love and get everybody getting new audience and, and growing. That's what this is all about, you know. For anybody who's trying to tell you that they don't want other people on their show because they, I don't know, think that they're above you or whatever, is bullshit. I think we all need to be here together and um, thrive with one another and really, you know, show that everybody has their own voice. And that's why I love doing because we all have our own opinions. Hell yeah, man. I'll raise one to that. And that's something I've always loved about horror. You know, it's funny. I've never started a horror subseries because I just want to do so many horror movies on my normal show anyway. But horror as a genre, it has so many subgenres. It's got so many different kinds of fans. And I feel like it's in this fandom where you find the most acceptance, the most support, and the most just unabashed love. I don't have to agree with you about this movie and I don't have to understand your love of this movie. I just have to acknowledge your love of this movie exactly. and you'll do the same for me and my fucked up movie. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's just beautiful. It's, it's been huge for me in the last few years as I've gotten more involved uh, with the community and uh, yeah, man. So this has been a goddamn delight. Yeah. And it's a pleasure. And Dean, I always thank you for, you know, always being that one that really pushed the show. I think to what it is now, because I, I, for those of you who don't know, you know, I say it a lot is um Dean was our very first guest on the show. He lives over in the UK and um I, I live over in the US, so he's across the pond and we met personally um a couple months back. Um he was he was over here near me in Salem, Massachusetts, and I took him around. Um and great trip, man. Man, he uh great trip. It was great, and and Dean just really sparked my love of horror even more because we we are so alike, and for it being so far apart, I've lost sound. I lost sound as well. Oh, I lost sound there. I lost you. <laughs> You're saying something nice there, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was the color the color shut the sound down you know what it was it was those damn gremlins you know they got into our shit in ww
into and now they're screwing up your podcast. Oh, they've been fucking with my laptop all night, man. We, we did it. We did an interview with some guys before this. How about and... now? You guys hear me now? Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, I had to unplug and, and plug back in. Oh my fucking god. Dude. Oh, you were saying something really nice then as well. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> no, it sounded good. No, I was just saying no, that I owe, right a lot. <laughs> I owe a lot to you, Dean, for, you know, oh, really sparking no, my, no. my love for, for horror and, and really um, making this podcast what it is today and for you to step oh, on after my other co-host who is now pursuing his own passions of cooking and whatnot. Um, Aaron is no longer part of the show, but, I mean, he'll be here on, on episodes that he chooses, but um, he's just stepping away um, right now, and, and now Dean's here to... Uh, know add an extra voice to everything so it's awesome to have you well, aboard man, man I, I, I love being here man and i'm really i'm really glad that you asked me to come on and, and be a part of it as well because you know it's like it's like going to class you know it's not it's not going i don't know if that's the right way to put it going to class it's like basically it's giving <laughs> like i love horror and sometimes my schedule is so so nuts i don't really i do have the time but sometimes it's like trying to Get your, trying to take yourself out of that schedule and go right sit down watch a movie deep dive into it chat about it and really sort of you know keep you know this is making me do that this is helping me like focus on the on the thing that i love the most and you know just trying to stick to that because i was trying to run my own podcast i think i released three episodes in a year yes <laughs> i was, I was like you know, i was like <laughs> dustin's doing it right man like his content is just growing and growing and growing and growing and when he said there was where's there's an opportunity to come and keep aaron's seat warm for a while it's just like uh, i'd love to take it because you know, this is good. I'm getting to meet friends across the pond. Get you know yourself, Newman. Now I've got to meet you. It's been great, man. And you know, just get chatting about all these films, and and then it's educational for me because I'm hearing you guys talk and taking in what you're saying, and it's it's just great, man. I love it, and it's just you know this whole wealth of knowledge coming from you guys, and also deep diving into these films, getting a better understanding of these movies. It's really yeah, reigniting. Well, not not reigniting because I've always had that passion for yeah. for this, but just boosting it's it. up in the ante essentially yes i'd say that yeah definitely man definitely definitely yeah um so yeah i love i love doing this man and, and uh, you know this is just the beginning for sure man and newman i mean anytime you want to be on man like i always open this up for any guests um i've got to say this to our, our, our guests earlier um but if you ever want to come on and, and talk about any other movie like i still have a lot of open spots this year for any movies I can resend you the list if you want or whatever it may be. Please do that. This was such a delight, you know, and just at the risk of being the too nice nerdy kid at the, you know, at the birthday party, it's like, yeah, let's do it again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And, uh, and I'd love to have y'all on my show anytime. I always just ask the guests to pick a movie and just something they want to talk about. It can be literally anything. One of my favorite episodes I remember doing was the house that Jack built. I'm a, I'm a big Lars Van Trier fan. Okay, that's that, that's a good one. That Dylan film, I haven't seen that yet, man. I've got a copy of it here on it's Blu-ray. Great. I haven't seen it. Oh. It's great. It's a nut puncher. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> I need so. to watch it. I've heard I've heard a lot about it, man. I need to see this. I've got it here. It's been sitting out, out in the 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 the, the film rooms back there. There's there's tons in there, man. In the in the pink room. I know um, that's right, man. I I well, I always like to joke. I fucked up when I was born working class. Shit, man. There's all these movies I gotta watch, but I gotta go to work. Yeah. Oh man, work tell me sucks, dude. Work oh, sucks. We were talking about this earlier on as well because I was I was saying to Dustin like, oh man, I could do with an extra half an hour just to kind of get some more notes down. And 
I'm thinking, do you know what, you know, because I spend all that huge portion of time in the day grinding at work and I, I don't hate it because it pays the bills and it's a job and I'm thankful I've got a job. But I'd rather be doing this shit. <laughs> I'd exactly. rather be sitting in there watching movies. And <laughs> yeah. We'll but, get um, there. We will all reach there eventually, including yourself, Newman. We yeah. will all get there where we can just sit home, naked as fuck, watching <laughs> movies. <laughs> I love it. That, I mean, because why be naked unless you're going to be naked as fuck? That's the only way to do it. But yeah, no, send me send me that list. I'd love to come back and uh, and I'd love to work out a date in the future if y'all are available. Have you on movies for days? Oh it'd yeah, be, uh, just, um, a, shoot me a message, a man. DMs are always open. Um, but yeah, this was a pleasure, and, and thank you for Amazing. for being here. And once again, Dean, thank you for for coming on and, and being the new co-host and whatnot. This was absolutely awesome. Oh, all right, so this was the Baron Tied Up podcast with our new co-host Dean and our special guest Newman from Movies for Days. Please Latest. go check him out, and uh, we will talk to all y'all later. Thank you so much. Good night, y'all. Good night.